0: Love Talk
1: Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on April 26th, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. Joe Terry and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the South Bay show persistence passion principle and purpose that's what we talk about here on the South Bay show joining us as co-host the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber Kelly Stroman and of course with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie dot com and executive producer of the South Bay show, Jackie Balestra. Hey Jackie, Kelly, how are you doing today?
2: Here comes the weekend Joe. Here comes the weekend
0: <laughs> Here <it> comes. <laughs> that, sounds <like> a, <laughs>
2: that sounds like a parade, Jackie. Do you have like a parade <laughs> to <stick> out? <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like right. you're marching. Oh maybe we'll maybe we'll use that line from now on and get some music to go with it. I like that. That'll be cool. <laughs> Good
0: morning, Joe and Jackie. Happy Friday.
2: Happy, happy, Good happy morning. Friday. Good morning. Don't we love Friday? Good morning. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. It's wonderful. No doubt. <laughs> so What's going on, Kelly? What's going on with the
0: chamber? What is going on? There is a lot. Uh, boy, busy. Been busy. And there's a lot of celebrations going on right now. Um, last mm-hmm. Let's recap a little bit. Last week, and then we'll talk about a couple things coming up. So last Saturday night at the beautiful Westrith Hotel, we celebrated with Grades of Green their 10th Birthday anniversary, um, you know, and you know, Grades of Green is a, a wonderful organization started by four Grandview School moms years ago, um, and they talk about sustainable and environmental, you know, impact and efforts um, with the youth, training them young, and hopefully they'll go out into the world as you know responsible environmental stewards. And that started right here in Manhattan Beach, and now is. Oh, gosh, don't quote me, but I want to say like 40 different states across the country and 200, you know, plus different schools. It's quite amazing. They've really done an amazing job of of taking, you know, their desire to make a little change here in Manhattan Beach and taking it um, nationwide. So kudos to them. They had a beautiful celebration. You know, they have their VERT event every year, and this year was the 10th anniversary. So um, a lot of fun, um, a lot of good money raised for a wonderful cause. Uh, let's see what else is happening everything oh last night i went to a really interesting event up in beverly hills um it's called innovate jackie i don't know if you've ever been to that but i next year you need to go with me um it is an amazing an event thrown by the uh, beverly hills chamber of commerce and one of our one of our clients down here, Kim Ruggles, you know, owns Kim Ruggles, yes event. she yes. Was, she was one of the event planners last night, so she had invited me to go and it's kind of like um, uh, TED Talk, meets South Bay or you know um, the speaker series kind of it's, it's all about women um, last night, and they had uh, four different women speakers who told their stories. All these women are, you know, CEOs and, and creators of, of wonderful companies. And uh, we had everything from the president of KCRW on, who talked about uh, nothing but podcasts and, and what they do and, <laughs> and how many there are. world. Well, guess, fun fact, guess how many podcasts, I guess, are registered right now or, you know, there are kind of on the radar in uh, the world right now.
2: <laughs> A oh, my number. goodness. That, that, that number has got to be – it's got to be like half a million. It's got to be huge.
1: You're spot I'm going to say 117,026.
2: It's over five. It's, it's over five hundred thousand.
0: So, yeah. anyway, she's oh, a lovely what? lady, and she talked about KCRW and how it's evolved over the years, and how they've gone from their offices in a little teeny basement with no windows to now a beautiful new space, and all their wonderful programming and events they do and what have you. So that was really interesting. And then one of the last speakers was Lauren Schwab, who is the uh, president and CEO of Aston Martin. So very uh, interesting, you know, a woman in a very man's world, right? And she gave a lovely talk about, it's kind of interview style are, you know, the talks. And uh, she kept it real and and talked about, you know, moving over from England and, uh, you know, the first six months on this big, fabulous new job with Aston Martin uh, finds out she's pregnant. And that was not really in her car. She never really, you know, thought she would, you know, have a baby. Her and her husband had chosen really not to go down that road. And lo and behold, of course, the minute she gets hired for this, you know, amazing job, finds out she's pregnant, and talked about really the fear of being kind of, you know, um, banished a little bit in in a man's world. Here's you know. A Um, Having a baby and stuff, but um, and then went on to talk about Aston Martin and uh, how she thinks it's the sexiest car on the planet, and I I can't disagree necessarily. But um, really, (laughs) really, the whole evening was fantastic (laughs) and inspiring, and it's always nice to get out of you know our area and see how other people do it. So next year, Jackie, you you uh, and I are going to go. I am,
2: you know, I am familiar with I am familiar with that. I'm trying. I think I may have gone to one several years ago, but. You know me, I go to so many things I can't remember everything, but I am right. definitely familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool.
0: There's, yeah. A lot of fun. <coughs> um anyway, so that was last night. And then leading into this week, we have another celebration on tomorrow night growing great the other kind of you know organization started here in manhattan beach that talks about healthy eating um programming in you know k through twelve um with the schools is celebrating 10 years tomorrow night and so they have a big celebration up at 72 and sunny which is a wonderful ad agency has a beautiful event space up in playa vista so that's tomorrow night and uh, chef David Lefavre, of Great. course, is you know, the superstar chef that creates an amazing menu and lineup. Just really, really fantastic. Uh, next week, we have a couple chamber events. Uh, Deanne Chase is doing our Lunch and Learn on Wednesday, 12 o'clock at the Belmar Hotel, talking about you know, branding and how to stay you know, legally correct uh, with your branding and marketing efforts. And then that evening, mm-hmm. starting at 6 p.m. at the West Drift, we have our chamber Town hall, and this is meant to be a meet and greet and q and a with the new city council, so it's a chance to kind of mix and mingle, meet and greet, get to know them, and then we're going to break into an hour, a good healthy hour of question and answer and the council really wants um, businesses to bring their concerns their ideas what makes doing business in manhattan beach easy difficult what are the hurdles they want to hear it and um this is not a formal city council meeting so you know no official decisions or votes will take place that can't happen but it's more of a dialogue with the businesses on how we can make the business community in manhattan beach healthier more productive maybe you know uh, and pave the way for success so we encourage everybody to come out to that 6 p.m next wednesday please reserve your seat on our website uh space is definitely limited on that so um that's going to be an exciting event and then i actually skipped over two more things for this weekend uh, the Friendship Walk, the Bristone, you know, Center Friendship Walk, is tomorrow, starts 8 a.m. That's big. Down at
2: that, that's big, 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 that's big, big, big. for
0: them, a wonderful organization. Yeah, so that will be a huge um, morning, 8 a.m. Come down early and get your coffee because, as always, parking is, you know, challenging. So get down there early. And then, dun, 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 starting today, Saturday and Sunday, guess what, Jackie? Downtown Manhattan yeah. Beach sidewalk sale. <laughs> exactly, uh, the sidewalk sale. You know, big time fan favorite. Seventy-five plus stores. Oh, you it's know,
2: big. It's up- big. It's big. Seventy-five percent off. 75% off. Yeah. 75% off. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's and yeah. and and it's a thing. It's a scene. It's a scene. You know, but I mean, the prices are. <laughs>
0: The wow. prices are amazing. i store You know, and it's it's all the stores. It's the small um, boutiques. You know, it's the gift stores. It's the designers. It, you know, some of the spas and, you know, salons offer things, also a product. And then it's, you know, the, the big stores also. You know, you have um, whatever, Marine Laird, Trina Turk, um, Free People, they offer things too. And I'm telling you, you can score. i
2: Oh, I know. At the
0: January sale, I was like, whoa, Um, really, really fun.
2: Don't even get get me started on Margaret O'Leary. Don't even get me started. You know, there (laughs) there, are these fabulous shops down there, Um, a little pricey, you know, stuff that, you know, I'm like, oh, I would never spend that much on a sweater. But uh, during the sidewalk sale, you can get that sweater for an actual realistic price. So, uh, yeah, very, very, very exciting.
0: Margaret O'Leary is known for their beautiful cashmere, and I agree with you. Uh, They are they're tough on my little budget too, but when you hit a sale like this, it is the time to go in. And um, anyway, mm-hmm. so super exciting. Uh, the sale starts early this morning. You know, most stores open at ten. Some will open a little bit early, and it goes through Sunday evening. Um, of course, you know, early bird gets the worm. So if you want the right size and the right the right color and pick, you know, I would advise you know going today or tomorrow. Um, well, not that it's picked I wish, over by Sunday, mm-hmm.
2: but but definitely go down uh, early. I wish we didn't say anything now everybody's going to go darn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> darn it. Darn it. Oh well. Hmm.
0: Oh well. Gosh. Anyway, so um well. gosh, always always busy, always a lot to do. Um you know the the chamber is doing great things and um it seemed you know spring and summer uh, gosh almost upon us. It seems like, you know, everything mm. is just, you know, bursting at the seams. The wildflowers continue to be gorgeous on the Greenbelt and everywhere else. And what a beautiful time of mm-hmm. year it is.
2: It is. And you know what I just did last night? I was I was working late last night. I just posted uh, all of the summer concert series, except for one. Mm-hmm. I don't have the mm-hmm. El Segundo poster yet for their concert series. But I posted Pollywog and uh, mm-hmm. the, the Pier and uh you know every everybody's got summer concerts so i i posted most of those last night so you know summer is right around the corner when i start getting those schedules mm-hmm. so that's exciting stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah well
0: and that's a perfect transition into our guest because guess what starts if it hasn't already started it's go, it's it's imminent and it's one of my favorite signs that I see driving down Sepulveda when I see, you know, we have cherries. Cher- <laughs> cherries are in. I like, <laughs> you know, a sharp run right into the parking lot. So there's your transition,
2: Jackie. Go for it. There we go. There we go. That's okay, a we, have a, we have a returning guest this morning, Barry Fisher, founder of Grow and that's all capital, capital G, capital R, O, W, uh, a fresh market located in Manhattan Beach. Now, Barry entered the produce industry shortly after finishing college with a position in the export division of Dole Citrus. After leaving Dole, Barry worked for two private produce export companies before opening his own company, M&B Produce, uh, produce in 2003. Now, M&B Produce focuses on select commodities, which are specifically exported by air. These commodities include asparagus, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, peaches, and cherries. Uh, cherries represent the majority of m bs export business and are shipped to Japan, Taiwan, Philippines, Indonesia, Singapore, and all these other... Why, why are they going to them? Why aren't we keeping our cherries? That's, <laughs> there's something wrong with that. Um, anyway, in 2005, Barry and his wife Kathy opened Grow, uh, the produce shop in Manhattan Beach, and the idea was to offer superior produce at normal retail prices and source produce for many of the growers whose product Barry exported. Now, the model quickly adjusted due to customer requests for meat, fish, wine, cheese, uh, select groceries, and artisan bread. Now, the little produce shop turned into a specialty natural market. Now, in 2015, Grow expanded its footprint by assuming their neighbors lease, and later on in the year, Grow opened their second location, in downtown L.A.'s Art District. Now, the location was modeled after the Manhattan Beach Shop, but also included a full kitchen, which enables them to offer prepared food and grab-and-go salads. Now, Grow's growth has been directed by two principals, listening to their customers and always looking out for new and innovative, healthy items. So, uh, as 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 uh, Kelly mentioned this morning, we're going to discuss the, uh, the cherry season, uh, Grows new delivery service, and some of Barry's adventures in produce over the last 13 years. Welcome back to the program, Barry. We're so glad you could join us this morning.
3: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited, and that was a perfect transition. Um, hey, the reason all those cherries are going to are being exported is because um, the best cherries are usually exported, and most of the best produce is exported. And that's why and we and open that- grow is to bring those that quality uh, to people here in the South Bay.
2: Why, why is that? Why mm-hmm. are, why is the best produce, uh, exported? Why?
3: Um, a couple of reasons. One, um, they'll pay the price for the, for the quality. Um, two, you have to, um, factor in the transit. So you need a stronger piece of fruit to make that transit because when you fly by air, you're breaking temperature. So, uh, you mm-hmm. need a strong piece of fruit and, um, and also there's, there's more of a fruit culture in Asia than there is in the United States. So that's a larger part of the normal diet. And um, I think there's more of an appreciation for quality of fruit than we have in the United States on average.
0: My family grows citrus.
3: It is wrong. My family grows citrus in the central Valley. And my mom's big thing was like, oh, with this kid, you know, money doesn't grow in trees. Money doesn't grow in trees. I'm like, Yours does. Yeah, you does. Know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. You're a grower. And you've got to take pride. They do take pride in what they do. But um, I don't think people appreciate the work and the risk. And everything that goes involved to put up that product. And, uh, and so when we had – go ahead. I'm sorry about that.
1: No, go on. Uh, I, I, just, I just wanted yeah. to emphasize that word, risk. Farmers and yeah.
3: risk. Those are two huge factors. And, um, I mean, last year, for example, we talked about risk. We've almost lost, we lost, uh, we only had about two and a half million boxes of cherries last year. And in California, which is a crop disaster, um, you had so many people who lost money across um, the board from growers to packers to exporters like myself. Um, it was a terrible year. Um, and this year, we have 10 million boxes of cherries, so people are excited. So the risk bounces back and forth, and it's a very tough industry to be in.
2: But Barry, yeah, I'm- Barry, I just got to quickly throw this in. You know, I've been watching on the yeah. news-, news the last several weeks, you know, the Midwest, terrible floods. And they were talking about how farmers not only lost this year's crop, they're not going to have time to plant next year's crop. Like That's obviously going to affect the markets, too, as well, right?
3: That's. It's not going to affect us in California as much, to be honest, because those crops oh. are mostly, uh, those are corn, those are soybean. Um, there's definitely in the Northwest, you've got your potatoes are being planted later because the ground's still frozen. Um, and so they're going to miss market. Um, California, though, in general, is um, in a pretty healthy situation with the amount of, uh, oh, okay. the rain helped this year, but it was okay. we had a cold winter. And it really, yeah. that really, uh, the cold is what these farmers need in the um because the trees go dormant and when the trees go dormant and it's very cold, the root ball expands. And then once spring comes around, um, that energy is just pushed to the tree. And so that's why we have, we actually should have very good crops of stone fruit, um, cherries, of course. And so the great crop is looking good. Um, The challenge is that, but one point is with all that rain, all the vegetable prices are going up right now because they couldn't plant up in Salinas. And this is the time of year when the first products are coming out of Salinas like your broccolis and your cauliflowers and lettuce, and they couldn't plant. You know, it rains 20 days in a row. You can't plant. So uh, well, but, we're having
2: jobs. <laughs> well, bro- broccoli so, and cauliflower isn't <laughs> isn't anywhere as sexy as cherries and grapefruit. So you, don't we agree. don't really care about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, Barry, I think I broccoli question. is
0: so, pretty sexy. <laughs> well, Go on, Kelly. We're not sure what on, to do Kelly. with your broccoli, Joe, but we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> uh, so the rain the rain perhaps, sounds like um, it's helping the fruit trees from the standpoint of the, the root ball conversation and, and the cold weather maybe. Um, but it is the, all the rain that we had this year was tough on uh, the crops planted like down in the ground, like the broccoli and stuff. Is that true? So uh, my question, how the does the, how did all the rain, you know, affect um, your business this year? For grow, um...
3: So far, it affected uh, – definitely there's more volatility on the on the uh, vegetable prices. Um, and in all honesty, if you're a vegetable grower, you kind of like having rain because it makes the market volatile. Um, growers, the worst part about a drought is that the prices, produces are very cheap because you can manage your crop very easily. And if everyone can manage it easily, then everyone puts off a nice product and the market gets really bad. So growers actually like it when there's – unsettling in the market. For us, we, um, we had issues with vegetables, We had issues on quality on shelf life. Um, in addition, I think another problem we had, of course, everyone, you know, the celery market's been very short this year and there's a bit of a celery craze for juicing. Um, and people were very frustrated when there was no celery. And, um, but for us, for the most part, you know, our grower base protects us because we are small and we really didn't have the, um, um, we weren't missing out on products like other stores were because of uh, the size of our shop. And a lot of people who supply us, we've been working with literally since we opened our doors. And um, and for them, they're like, yeah, we're going to protect grow. That's easy, instead of looking at a chain that has 100, 200, 300 stores. So we were pretty fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but this coming summer, I'm really excited about what's what's on those trees and on those uh, grapevines as well. We still have a really great year in California.
2: You know, I experienced that. I experienced that, Barry. I, was, I, I had to hit a couple of stores up. I couldn't find any celery earlier this year, which I was flabbergasted at. You know, I went, I, went into, I went into Gelson's. I was like, where's the celery? And they're like, oh, we're out. And I was like, how can you be out of celery? Why? Why?"
3: Yeah, I the <laughs> celery thing was really funny because there was riots in the LA Times, New York Times, you name it. They're like, oh, the celery craze, the, the juicing craze, the juicing craze. And, and it, it helped. But the real issue was is that they just didn't plant as much uh, because growers over the past few years have really have had terrible returns. And so ah. it was the lack of planting and the weather, but it really came down to the lack of planting. And that was over, like, in, in, especially like, in, in our, our backyard in Oxnard. that's a really big celery growing region. And a lot of growers stopped doing celery because it's a cheap crop and that land's very expensive. So they're almost kind of forced to do strawberries. Because there's there's more of a return potential, oh. um, so yeah. And uh, but you know, next year everybody's going to be swimming in salary because someone <laughs> made a lot of money this year, so they're going to plant like heck next year. Uh, <laughs> that's usually what kind of happens? Oh.
0: That's what happens. Yeah. Now is the but, cold, uh, had... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, as I said, so all the cold weather that we had uh, with regards to all the fruit trees—is it will it? delay a little bit when those crops, you know, your cherries, your other stone fruits, everything, start hitting the market? Is it – are we going to be – I know that fluctuates every year based on, you know, the heat and the cold and everything. So, um, you know, all I want to know, Barry, is when are the cherries going to hit the store? <laughs>
3: well, you sound like my wife, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> she's like, let's mm-hmm. see cherries to hit. Uh, we are we're hoping – the goal is to have something in the store by, uh, by May 6th. That's the goal, um, which is late, but – and it has been the weather, Kelly. It's, it's definitely been a factor of it. Um, we had a later bloom um, and because of the cold weather, and, um, and we had just cold months, and so the, the trees weren't pushed as hard, which mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. is better because mm-hmm. the big problem we're going to have this year is that the, um, we have a big crop, and that sounds to most people like, oh, we have a lot of cherries, but to me, and you know, to grow – uh, to my export customers when you have too many cherries you have a lot of small cherries and mm-hmm. and we're all about large fruit to grow you know because mm-hmm. the larger fruit definitely typically definitely tastes better than something smaller uh, you're not eating pits and skin you're eating actually mm-hmm. cherry flesh instead um and so uh, that's gonna be a big challenge and a lot of growers are personally very nervous about how many cherries are on their trees they just have they have too many cherries, which I guess could be, a wow. good song, but yeah, it's, um, and, uh, heard the same thing with the apricots. They have so many apricots. So you have growers who are going through their field, especially on your apricots and your peach, your nectarines, and they're literally pulling off peaches and plums and nectarines off the, off the tree right now. So the other wow. ones will grow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, huh. but, uh the cherries I'm, I'm really hoping to make six. It depends on quality. That's always the big thing. And, um, and we have a lot of different varieties in California now than when Grove first started, and so there are cherries being picked right now in uh, around the uh, around the Fresno area. But the uh, the variety is actually it's pretty terrible, and if you, I thought <laughs> half the packing honestly half the packing houses in California won't even pack it because they don't want to sell that cherry because they hate that being the first cherry their customers get because then their customers get very mad at them. So it's really kind of a, um, you know, a lot of people are saying these guys should be investing in chainsaws, uh, not water and just take all <laughs> those trees out.
0: Um, but
3: that variety is probably popping up in some stores now. And, and there's a few other varieties that are coming, but we typically try to start with the Brook variety and it's, mm-hmm. it sizes well. It's a sub acid cherry. So there's not, it the sugar doesn't have to compete with the acid as much. So it's, it's um, a better eating experience, typically, and we just think it's a really good way to start the season. You know, give them something good. You know, having mm-hmm. to come back. You know, that's mm-hmm. what we try to do. Is you know, we're not, especially when it comes to cherries, we we want people to come back because they had a great eating experience. We don't want them to come back just because the price drops. You know, that's what I think a lot mm-hmm. of people see. Like, oh, now our cherries are two dollars cheaper. It's like, okay, but how do they eat. You know, you market with quality and flavor. I mean, that's what. I think most people expect out of a cherry, but a lot of retailers don't do that, and um, some are coming around definitely. But it's um, you know we want you to go out in that car, take a couple cherries, and go right back in. I'm gonna say I'm gonna buy another bag. And um, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs>
3: and when we when we first the first the first day we had first weekend we had cherries to grow, um, I had sent two boxes down to the store like on Wednesday. And Kathy hand-packed them all, and they were $10 a pound. And um, Josh, who was managing the store with Kathy, he said, oh, don't put too many out. And she's like, you don't know. These are all going to sell. And we had a small (laughs) display, but we had a sign that you were talking about, Kelly, that Mm -hmm. was coming to the store on Friday and saying, best cherries in America. And I said that because I live in Stockton. For forty days, and I know where the best cherries are. I actually moved up there May first this year, so um I'm literally packing those cherries by hand on the packing line, making sure they're perfect. I pack up five boxes to go down Friday and they um and that was about hundred pounds of cherries. I put them on a tr- have a truck going down to uh, l a x where they would drop off and then the store pick up and so these are perfect cherries. I hand pack everything into this box. I go and killbuck at, at night.
2: He's, kill, he's killing <laughs> me. He's they, killing me. It's truck, truck didn't uh, learn. The, the truck did Yeah. The, uh, okay. Why do we not have cherries sitting in front of us right now? We, we, we. There should be a rule that we don't talk about food unless we have samples to sample while we're talking. <laughs> this, this is killing down. me.
0: I think it's a good idea. Plump he, flesh that he talked about. So, um, I don't know. I think I've told Barry this, but I grew up in Sacramento. And my, you know, my father is an old, a farm boy from Georgia, so fastidious about all of. We had a huge property that we planted in our own garden, every vegetable except for lettuce, uh, on the planet. And we had a big orchard in our backyard. And my bedroom window uh, looked right at the Bing Cherry Tree and the clean peach tree. That's my bedroom window I got to look at both of those things. So I would watch our Bing Cherry Tree until until it was ready. And my father, being as fastidious as he was about every crop um on our property, he would not let us touch you know, the Bing cherry tree until pretty much Memorial Day weekend every year. Now, uh, we also know that weather has changed and things get hotter and colder differently than they did, you know, 30 years ago. But I would sit and look at the, this massive Bing cherry tree. And all I had to do I, I had to water it and pull the weeds all around it, but I couldn't touch the tree, you know, the, the fruit.
2: The fruit, the tree yeah,
0: until Memorial Day weekend. That was in, in our case, you know, in our yard. That was the prime when the cherries were absolutely ready to, you know, to rumble. And I would I think I'm going to label myself a cherry snob because I grew up with these cher- Bing cherries that were huge. Um <laughs> dark, like purple, almost black, crispy, not, you know, squishy or soft, and just, I would go sit in the crux, you know, the base of the cherry tree, and pretty much eat my lunch, I would just sit there and pick cherries off the tree, who cared Mm -hmm. about washing them, I didn't need to wash them, I just dust them off, you know, and eat Mm -hmm. the cherries, Mm -hmm. because my stomach hurt. but that's why I think I, too, I, I appreciate berries, cherries that grow and the quality and uh, you could you know you could charge me a dollar a cherry barry and i'm going to eat it <laughs> i'm going to buy it but um <laughs> the quality of cherry that grow i'll do that
3: all cat, day
0: long for you okay <laughs> the quality <laughs> of cherry that grow brings in are real cherries you know they're they're big they're plump they're crisp they're sweet uh i can't i'm i need to stand out there with pom-poms barry next to that sign and just go people get in here and buy your cherries <laughs> <laughs> you know, the,
3: but you're hundred percent right. When we, that childhood experience you have, that's what we want people to enjoy. Again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the goal mm-hmm. to grow. And it'd be a cherry or a peach or a nectarine, you know, you have people who come in, and they talk about I'm sure you, Kelly probably heard of a Santa Rosa plum. I mean from mm-hmm. our childhood that was like the plum and people came in like, Oh, there's this plum I'm like Santa Rosa. Yeah, that was it there's like hardly any trees left, but you know, you want to give that experience again. And uh and you know, your dad was right. Memorial Day weekend really is like that's when the beings are going, and that's when. um, So yeah, that's your dad was smart, and he raised a good daughter uh, too. No, who who knew? Who knew? Who
2: knew? Who knew that Kelly was the cherry, the cherry expert in the South Bay? Joe, we got to do a quick station break, and when we come back, I have all sorts of things I want to ask Barry.
1: Station break. Okay, excellent. Thank you for joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the South Bay Show. Today, Fridays at 8 a.m., like every Friday, is the Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. Also on Thursdays at 8 a.m., we have the South Bay Spotlight. We'd love for you to join us at 8 a.m. on Thursdays and Fridays for the finest in South Bay podcasting, one of half a million podcasts around the world we, we believe it's, it's hyper-local, it's interesting, it's fun, and then we have these great businesses such as uh, Barry Fisher's Grow that we talk to. You get, really get to meet these business owners and really understand how their business works right near you, right in your community. So join us every Thursday and Friday. We hope to see you, and uh, please share this with your neighbors and friends. Now, what are we going to discuss Next. Okay,
2: I I just I just wanted to uh, uh, mention to Barry, you know, uh, what Kelly was brought up the childhood experiences. We all have those experiences from our childhood of biting into that 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 first piece of watermelon for the season, and and as you said, yeah. peaches and cherries and such, and and, and you know, so I I I think for me it might have to do with, you know, as you get into your as you as you mature and you get into your mid-20s, 30s, and you, and you have a life and you're working and you have a family and all those other things. And I think that things like grocery shopping uh, it, it becomes like a second or third activity. It's something you just have to do. You run in there after work and grab what you need and go home and, and eat. Uh, but many years ago, you know, I'm talking a couple of decades ago, I started realizing that a lot of the produce just just – was it there was no more flavor there was it was flavorless or uh like i noticed that peaches no longer had fuzz on them um tomatoes were all water there was no meat in them and and i like to cook you know and so so as somebody who spends a consider, you know i cook every day uh, five nights a week so i spend considerable time Mm -hmm. in the kitchen i think about what i'm cooking and as i said a couple of decades ago i i recognized this and, of course, then I then I learned about things like GMO and, you know, all this mass production and stuff. You know, if you're not in the business, you know, how do you know this stuff? But anyway, I don't have any qualms about spending that extra money on a tomato that tastes like a tomato or a peach that has fuzz on it or, you know, it, like – like now they have all of these, I don't know if they're new or if they're just new to me, but these new varieties of oranges and citrus like these sumos that have so much more flavor than than, than the navel oranges. It's it's just amazing to me, but, but we, we have to pay a premium for them because the mass producing have just, they've produced all the flavor out of them. You know, it's,
3: I think a lot of what, you're talking about, especially with the stone fruit. I think we saw it really in the stone fruit first 20 years ago. And that's really when I was was in in the deal for about five years at that point exporting. And a lot of um, what drove that, those varieties and that type of uh, experience was really the retailer. And the retailer wanted something that was strong, something that wouldn't break down on their shelf, something they could sell and that worked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talk to people and they say, well, you know, I buy these peaches, they never taste good. I'm like, well, why'd you buy them? <laughs> you know? So it's every well, time my- you buy a peach, it doesn't taste good. You validate that model, right? So I'll yeah. keep doing it, but now things are getting a bit better. You talk about the Sumo, that company, um, it was, I mean, I, I would like to take, um, say this is my family, but it's not, it's another Fisher in the central Valley. Um they, Basically, wanted, they searched the world to try and find something different because of exactly what you wanted, Jack. You want something delicious to eat. And they found that variety in Japan. And it was a cross between a Japanese mandarin and a California nail. And it was not genetically modified. They just, they just uh, crossed the pollination. And they came up with that piece of fruit. And it's dynamite. And, and people are paying more for that. And I think retailers see that. And so they're looking for new things because they want their, their customers to be happy. But it, it, it's tough finding those things out there. It really is.
2: Well, again, it was the same thing with the plums. Like I stopped eating plums years ago, and I, I discovered pluots, yes. which have more mm-hmm. flavor. They 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 ripen better. Like I uh, I saw some plums out recently. I bought them. I bought a couple of them. They never ripen. They they were just hard, and then they they just got brown and shrivelly. They never ripened up. Um, so yeah, no, who you know who know who knew you know again unless you're in the business unless you're a farmer or an expert like you or 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 like a professional cook or somebody that spends a lot of time in a kitchen and is paying attention to what they're cooking you don't know this stuff you know Barry it's it's so it, Joe I always tell Joe and Kelly every week we learn something new on this show uh, you know regardless of the topic mm-hmm. we always learn something mm-hmm. new something i learned several years ago was you know you were talking Barry you were talking about how much rain we had this this what I learned a few years ago from somebody was about um, how the drought um, you know we always think of drought as water not getting to the roots in order for the tree to grow but another aspect of it is that when you don't have regular rain the dust builds up on the leaves and so it doesn't allow photosynthesis to occur. So you get smaller fruits, you know, not not, not as beefy. I, it's just it's just amazing how much how much we learn about this stuff. I mean, you know, we're not farmers. I think well, mm-hmm. the Central,
3: Joe, you
2: know, the Central Valley
3: says that they they feel that due to dust issues and um, smog issues in the Central Valley that they probably lose about ten percent of their crop each year. Yeah.
2: Just yeah. One wow.
3: Ten percent.
2: Yeah. Wow. I just learned that.
3: Yeah.
1: So very. I, I Barry and I have been interacting in the food space since uh, the end of 2016 when I first started uh, growing microgreens uh, for, uh, you know, microgreensla.com. And it's been an amazing journey, but it's a difficult business to really get established. And now I see that a, a TV actress, Zoe Deschanel is now in the business of helping people realize better food in their homes with her own business. Her and her husband uh, Jacob uh, Pachechnik, are uh, created a company called Let Us Grow, LetUsGrow.com, and they live in Manhattan Beach. And uh, I actually have run into Jacob before on the on the food circuit. He's he's very um, um, sort of uh, involved in the LA Food Council, and and they're they're both big advocates for Growing Great, which uh, Kelly mentioned earlier. A great organization here in the South Bay. Barry, what is the the state of things in terms of uh, Do you see that more people are becoming aware of where their food comes from?
3: I think it's going backwards. I think that when we opened really? the shop, you had food network that was really pushing ingredients and these questions. And people were asking, they wanted to know where product was from. They wanted to, they, we found customers were a lot more interested, not interested. They were, um, they wanted to be informed. And I hmm. think that's kind of changed. I think that, um, at first I mean, I had a conversation with Kathy, um, literally a few weeks ago and just, I, I think it has changed. I, I, and I think that's something that people shouldn't walk away from when the GMO issues were coming about. I mean, grow was the first store in Southern California to, we, we labeled everything in the store. If it was, if it was genetically modified. Um, and then we slowly got rid of those items. Um, that's when I think people really, really at the peak, really were thinking about their food. And then when that law didn't pass, things really kind of started to, um, to pull back again, and and it's too bad because right. you, you really should care about what's going in your body. <clears throat> I mean, it's, Wait, um, why? Just, why? <laughs> why exactly? You know, what's what's really troublesome? And we see this, and I, and I talk to growers about this, and I talk to pe- not just farmers, but to artisan uh, people who do nut butters and things like this. And you know they say, oh well, why is this cost so much? And you're like, well. It's 100% organic. All this labor went into it. Oh well, that's pretty expensive. And then they get into a ninety thousand dollar depreciating car, and you're going. So you're going to invest mm-hmm. in that vehicle that's depreciating instead of your body. And so to me, it's a it's. You know, I had a conversation with an employee at the shop yesterday. Like, what's the cost of eating healthy? And and people, because they look at that sticker like, oh well, the organic broccoli is two ninety nine. Conventional, the dollar ninety nine. You know, it's it's expensive, but what are the long-term benefits for your, you personally, for the environment? Um, there's so much more value than that uh, of eating healthy instead of um, those things. But it, it, I, I'm troubled that people are kind of going the other way. And um, we, we, I know Joey has a, a podcast as well that she pushes. Uh, she talks mm-hmm. about she just did one recently about bread, which was very very good too, and why bread's changed so much. So I hope people mm-hmm. start going backwards. Again, and really caring more about those ingredients.
2: I am so surprised to hear that because I would think, especially in Southern California, where you know, as goes California, goes so goes the world. You know, I mean, it's always been a health-based culture. You know, here here in Southern California, so I'm I'm really surprised to hear that. I um,
3: I'm not saying that they're yeah, not being uh, health-based. I'm just saying they're not as concerned where that piece of healthy celery is coming from. Well,
2: you know. Let me tell you something because I just had this conversation with um a very good friend of mine uh actually just last week. Um uh, Kelly and Joe know I I've, I've been using QuickBooks for 30 years. So I can tell you uh, you know I'm one of these budget freaks where I can tell you exactly how much <laughs> I'm spending on on every yeah. line item for the last 30 years and how much it's gone up in percentages, okay? Um I was an accountant in my my former life. So this is just my thing. Mm-hmm. And um I, I noticed uh uh ten, twelve years ago that my food costs is only surpassed by my mortgage. I don't s spend more money on food than anything else except our mortgage.
3: Hmm. And I
2: mean Can I ask you a question? It, wow. it, substantially, substantially, yeah.
3: You yes, you 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 are special because you cook five Aww. nights a week? <laughs> no, you are because you're right. Six years ago, all you get delivered to your house is pizza and Chinese food. Now it's everything is delivered right. to your house. In the oh, post right. can be delivered to your house. Everything. So people are—they're not eating at home. You know, they're eating. They're, they're not prepared, cooking like they used to cook, and that's where I think people are getting hmm. away from the ingredients of what's going into things. Um, we have friends who order out four nights a week. And oh, wow. my mm-hmm. wife and I are going, how can you do that? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm lucky. I married really well. And the best gift I ever gave my wife was Bon Appetit when we first got married. Um, and she cooks <laughs> amazingly. Um, we don't go out. We have some great restaurants in this town, no doubt about it. And we frequent them when we can. But I love cooking at home with her. I mean, she's amazing. And so, but that's you cook at home. And our food budget, when we first were married, I said to my wife, I don't care. That's not a budget item. We'll spend
2: yeah. good money on food, you know. Yeah. Save it yeah. All. No, it's. I don't know, Joe. Joe Kelly. Do you guys? Do you ever? Do you ever look at the at, at the at the cents that way? You know, like what you're spending on food compared to, to other things.
0: Uh, well, I totally do, and I you've heard my story. Too. I'm I'm laughing because I'm, you know, you hear me say when my boys are back home from college how my grocery bill goes through yes. the roof. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. like I broke by August, you know, pretty much. But um, I'm, a, I, I, you know, I, I, I agree that I'm a fan of quality and and freshness, not necessarily quantity, which I'm feeding when my boys are in the house. But um, you know, and it's interesting, Barry, your point about people who maybe you know gripe about. Spending whatever ten dollars a pound for a bag of cherries or something, but they you know they drive away in a very expensive fancy car. It's, it's the same thing with you know your your body in other ways too. It's your teeth. It's your health. It's other things. Exercise. Whatever you're doing with your body, it's it's it, the, the, it's shifting the paradigm of how you look at the values. You know what's more important. You know, uh, feeding your body, taking care of your body, in every way, or you know, having a, a, a super fancy car or a house or something or, or extravagant vacations, People will pay for that, but they won't pay for a daily nourishing of their body and soul. Very, very interesting. But um, I'm one, no matter what, I will, I will spend for quality of food, no doubt. You know, you know and that's another...
3: Be, I want to throw in there on that food budget, the mm-hmm. big thing that mm-hmm. I think people, there's two ways that they can save money. One, they, they eat what they buy because they throw away 20% and two, yeah. eat less, you know, yeah. we as a society eat too much. So you, if you really factor those two in, you could drop your food budget by 30%. Like, you know, well, we don't need to have yeah. that much more calories today. Things like, so well, you know, I'm just saying yeah. you probably are better about it, Kelly, but in general, when people look at their food budget, that's just, they just, I mean, I see it all the time and people are like, well, you're, you're buying too much, but you know, um, that's a great way to save money, and then you buy a better product with the same amount of money you already spent, and you're being healthier.
0: Well, it's mm. funny I, you know, I, I mean, I people are like, well, Kelly, why don't you, you know, shop more, um, but, you know, let's just say Costco, okay, oh, at, at, a big, big, yeah, at a big, at a big mega box when your when your kids are around, and I'm like, because a lot of it goes to waste. Exactly that Barry. It's like I, I we can eat, yeah. but when you're buying in vast quantity then you do have waste, and I'd rather go to the store every day or every other day and for smaller, fresher quantities um, than throwing away, you know, a
2: large portion, of mm-hmm. whatever it is, fruit,
0: meat, anything, cheese, you know, um, those are big proportions. So, um, yeah. yeah.
2: You know, Barry, I never thought of that, what you mentioned about, you know, I know that for years there have been these PSAs about uh, families sitting down and eating dinner together. Yeah, several nights right. a week i i know i know that changed i think i think i grew up where we ate dinner every night at the same time with the whole family and and you i know did. that 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 started to change I, th- I think pretty much in the go-go 80s um and and i know that people are trying to get back to that but at what you just said about uh it, you know first it was fast food you know people would bring home pizza and and it, well, well you know if they were eating together at all and uh you know uh fast food and pizza and that, and then as you just said now with all of these apps people you can you can order out food from ev- any restaurant there is you don't it's no longer chinese food and pizza and 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 burger king i i, I never even thought of that but that's like an uh, it yeah it's like nobody has the time to cook anymore it's an it epidemic is too bad.
3: Hmm. It, it is cuz it's a great skill and it's a great way to show your appreciation towards somebody um, I think cooking is a really the it's such a selfless thing because you're starting to think of what the other people are going to eat this food or are going to enjoy and um our, mm-hmm. our my son cooks pretty well, especially for a twenty one year old boy um and he'd gotten a lot of dates because of that in college uh, but, <laughs> you know, he it's he'll he knows how to cook my daughter knows how to cook and um none of their friends know how to cook and I'm sure they'll learn at some point but they have no base. It's really kind of spooky, to be honest. Um, yeah, and um, it would be nice if people were just, you know, instead of, you know, they would go back to say, hey, how about three nights a week we're eating together as a family and we'll make dinner as a family um, and those things. But it, mm-hmm. but it's tough. I mean, I've, our kids are both in college now, and Kelly, you went through this. You have one someone doing soccer in San Diego tomorrow morning, the other one's doing. Basketball in in right. Santa Barbara, so it's like we're being told in so many different directions. It's tough. Yeah, um, yeah. But
2: um, yeah, kids kids have too much. They have a lot going on. They're 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 overscheduled, and uh and the parents have to keep them on schedule. So that that's another big part of it. How can you sit down at dinner every night if one's got basketball and the other's got soccer? You know, it's it it is tough. It is tough. And and we're certainly not going to solve any of these problems on this show. But <laughs> it's always good to bring them to light. But like Barry and <laughs> And that that grow you you now you now offer delivery service
3: honestly we've been offering delivery service for over nine years so oh, okay um, we did <laughs> yeah no it's uh but um uh, which is fine but i'm glad you brought that up but, no, so we we do deliveries um if you order by midnight it's on your door by 7 a.m the next day um and honestly those first deliveries were basically people would call in and kathy would uh put the groceries together and then drop them off on the way home from work. So that was our first delivery. Uh, but no, so that's our whole plan now is like at night. But you know we've had a lot of competition in our space. And so we're working on a platform to start doing two-hour delivery during the day as well. I mean, our, we kind of we look at going forward that we have to be anywhere and everywhere whenever our customers want us. You know, We can't have the luxury of just sitting there and waiting for people to come to us.
2: Yeah, that, that brings the next question because we've had this like grocery store renaissance happening in the South Bay the last, <laughs> I don't know, six eight months or whatever, and you've got, you've got Gelson's that opened up not far from you, and you've got Lazy Acres a little further out, and there's more coming online from what I understand. How right. is that affecting your business?
3: Well, um, Mother's was the third one they opened about three weeks ago. Mother's, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, um, we, we think, honestly, the first quarter of this year we were down 23.2% entails from the year before so it's been kicking us in the teeth mm-hmm. and the thing is just because there's a new grocery store in town it's not like people are going to say hey i'm going to eat more <laughs> i'm going to have another 500 calories a day it's just there's right. only a certain amount of grocery dollars in this in this community and they're just being stretched out now they're being redistributed and um you know that's um that's how it goes and that's what the market allowed them to come in and. You know, people come in saying, oh, well, Gelson's parking lot is empty. I'm like, well, guess what? Mine's not too full or uh, <laughs> as full as it was before. And, mm-hmm. and as a small store, you know, if I lose 15 transactions a day to Gelson's and 15 transactions to Lazy Acres and 15 transactions to Mothers, that is seen. Oh,
2: that's kind of,
3: yeah. It's huge. So, and but what's, what's tough, I mean, yeah, our sales are down. But, you know, you also have to look at morale. And so employees are like, Okay, this is really slow, and so you kind of you know how can I keep them engaged? Um, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of other things that are involved, honestly, that's why I really want those damn cherries to get in here earlier than May uh, six, <laughs> because that it drives a lot of traffic, and um, it, it really it's a new season, and I think that's you know I was talking to somebody a while ago about this who said, as long as we can make it till cherry season, because if we go back fourteen years ago. When we first opened, Whole Foods opened up. Uh, We opened in September. They opened up in March. We were losing our butts even before they opened, and this didn't help. And so we said, okay, if we can't make it through cherry season, then we'll close our doors. And, you know, that cherry season put us on the map, and that's who we are. And so we're really excited about the cherries coming in and the peaches and the nectarines and the plums and the grapes. And so, you know, we're going into,
0: Mm.
3: honestly, a season where we really shine. So we're pretty excited about these next few months coming through, and um, and I think it, we're going to start seeing a lot more of those customers coming back. We're seeing it so yeah. far this month; it's better than the first quarter. But you know, you got to—that's that, uh, that's competition, unfortunately. So I know, gotta, I got,
2: uh, I gotta imagine that. So you, I have to imagine that you have your clientele that have been coming to you for 13 years. And one of the things that I, you know, and obviously over those 13 years they haven't minded spending more money for their for their merchandise for your merchandise, right? So all of these other markets opened up, and quite frankly, I have been to all the openings, I've been to, I've been to all those stores, and I hear repeatedly, you know, these are people that may have been shopping at Ralphs or Albertsons, or not Albertsons, but some of the other ones, Safeway. And they're checking out these stores, and I hear the same refrain over and over, this this is way too expensive. um, Look at how expensive this is. I'm not going to spend this much money on this when I can get it at this store. So I would imagine that, that, uh, that it maybe doesn't affect you quite as much, but I guess it is. You know what I mean? Like, if you it have It's regular-
3: 23%, <laughs> 23%. Yeah, yeah, 23% <laughs> in the first Yeah, I wouldn't have it, thought it's a that. But, yeah. That's huge. It's, um, but you know, if you look at Ralph's, Ralph's has a store in Sepulveda every mile because people are lazy. Like, oh, yeah. I've got to go mm-hmm. a mile and a half to, to another Ralph. So it's like, I mean, it's, it's a very competitive industry. Los Angeles is the most competitive grocery market in the country. Um, and so... Yeah. Um, it's, I I was shocked seeing this many grocery stores coming to town. Um, We have, we share employees with uh, um, Lazy Acres um, and Lazy Acres has cut. This gentleman was at four, had four shifts. He's down to one, sometimes two per week. So, you know, it's, it's redistribution of dollars. It's not creating more dollars coming into the community. And so, um, Hmm. you know, we just have to keep working on it. And, and for us, you know, we're like, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? It's like, we need to execute on what got us here, and that is what we have to do because that's what people know us for. And so we yeah. should keep executing on that day in and day out. And once you start yep. to start
2: <laughs> doing something different, you know, that's when it gets risky. You know, Barry, it's you know, so the way you just said, it's the same thing in what I do with my business. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, I have the same thing where you, yours is cherries, mine is the Thursday Weekend Guide. You know, that 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 you know, that that's what pushes my numbers through the roof every week. You know, it's so it's like, right. you know, so, you know, so I imagine like for you, you have your cherry season, then maybe you have another season that that you're getting the good stuff that other people aren't, you know, but, you know, and I'm sure I'm I'm sure all uh, I'm sure that um all of us have this same experience as well. You know, back in the day. My mom could go to one grocery store and get everything she needed, except she'd have to go to the Italian deli to get the good (laughs) bread and salami and cheese. Right? Right. Today, I -hmm. have to go. I literally go to six different stores to get what I need. I mean, I you know I go I go to Costco to get my paper towels and you know all that stuff. You know I go I go over to this store to get my meat maybe and over here to get my produce and over here to get other special and I go to this one for the deli and. I, you know, it's it's all it's also spread out now, but that's because I want the best of whatever that item is. You know, mm-hmm. it, I mean, if I can't, I, if I'm in one store picking up, uh, you know, uh, whatever, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to go to that butcher. You know, I, I don't like their butcher. I like another butcher better, so I'll I'll go to that. And and I think I think everybody does that now, right?
3: I think we have a we we definitely share a lot of. <laughs> I mean, we share a lot of customers with other stores. No doubt about that. I think people have certain things they like at certain stores. Um, it's when you started bringing all this movement around, there's a, a woman who's been shopping us. I said, since we opened, she's no, I've only been here 11 years and I shopped you the first day we moved here. And she, uh, we were talking, she's like talking about what's happening with us and what's the new dynamics in, in the South Bay with grocery. And she said, you know, Barry, you know what you, what the difference between you and whole foods is. And, and I'm like, well, she's like, you have everything they have, you just only have one yogurt and they have forty yogurts. You've got <laughs> one good line of bread, they've got twenty five lines of bread. You know, that's like that's what they have to do to fill out their store. So so you have everything you need to shop here. And and she shops the entire store. I mean, for, and, um and so but people do have that movement around. You know, I just um it's 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 difficult. Um, I mean Manhattan Meats does a great job. They're good people. Um and, you know, I think themselves and grow, you know, we're local stores, um, Picados as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we're not that I'm we, sorry. no one deserves a profit, but everyone deserves an opportunity to, oh, uh, yeah. to be checked out. And I think people are checking out everybody. And, uh, um, we're really hoping, you know, by this time, is the year that you know, we'll be back to where we were, uh, the year prior. And, um, And so, and I think that we have a good opportunity to continue to stay in this position uh, of a green grocer here in the South Bay. Um, It's important to Kathy and me, and um, you know we're excited about the future. You know, there's things that we're working on to bring to market. There's new varieties of cherries. There's new varieties of stove fruit and grapes. Those are things that we've always brought in first. And um, I mean, you, you brought the Sumos. Grow first store in America to ever sell a Sumo. Right! Oh,
2: I didn't know that. I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Wow. Oh yeah. Well, well my yeah. goodness. And every you know, year. Is, I, <laughs> go ahead.
3: No, but every year that gro- the growers give us the first pallet of the year, we always get the first fruit of the year from them, um, and we well, get the last. So, yeah.
2: That, this this is amazing. Again, something we learned. But um, and I have like a million other questions. But we're running out of time, so Joe, you have to, you have to, you have to wrap this up for us.
1: Well, I don't know how that's possible. We have <laughs> one of the finest grocers in, our, in the South Bay. Barry, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for what you do to fight the fight and, uh, and keep us eating food that is good for us. Thank you, Barry.
3: Thanks. I really appreciate having, having a chance to talk, and um, as my wife says, I can make you cry talking about cherries. Uh,
2: and she <laughs> often does and leaves
3: the room. Um uh, you know, you know, I love discussing food in general. I mean it's an exciting topic to me. Some people it's not, but to me it's a well, very exciting topic. Yes. It's
1: it's very exciting. And and of course um we have uh, a great uh opportunity to uh to uh, visit uh grow in Manhattan Beach and and really uh um you know patronize a local business that is helping to set the bar for uh good food here across the, the South Bay in downtown LA but also across the country uh people are looking and and seeing what uh Grow is doing and and we're so thankful for uh Barry what uh Barry and Kathy his wife have begun and now we're going to end this show, but uh, thank you, Kelly, for joining us, and thank you,
0: Jackie.
2: Always a pleasure, Joe. It's always a pleasure. And, Barry,
0: <clears throat> will you just text me the little cherry emoji the minute the cherry hit the star? That's all I ask. <laughs> I will do so. <laughs> okay.
1: Bye, everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye-bye now. All right. Thank you. Thank you.